Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. It's always great for more parents to hear these stories and get the information. All right, thank you, and on with the show. Welcome to Country is where an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander custodian or elder from the local region welcome people to their land. And it may be done through speech, song, dance or ceremony. And now it's in the form of a beautiful picture book written by Auntie Joy Murphy and illustrated by Lisa Kennedy. Auntie Joy Murphy is a mother and grandmother and the senior Aboriginal elder of the Wurundjeri people of Melbourne and surrounds. She's also a bit of a legend. In 2002, Auntie Joy was awarded the Victorian Aboriginal Women's, Women's Award for being involved with Aboriginal issues for 30 years. And in 2006, she was made an officer of the Order of Australia for her service to the community through significant contributions in the fields of social justice, land rights, equal opportunity, art and reconciliation. Producer Cinnamon Nippard caught up with Auntie Joy Murphy in Melbourne and began by asking her why she decided to write Welcome to Country in the form of a picture book. I've been writing for many years um, and I've always had that in my heart that I, you know, should be able to uh, honour the traditions of of all of our people across this this continent and traditional way of welcoming each other's community was by welcome to country. And there's this whole process that takes a really, really long time. You can imagine that there were long distances that um, what we call a wirigiri, a young man would have the job of negotiating between the two Narangitas, that's the two headmen of each tribe, and uh, back and forth. Um, so it would take months sometimes. And the negotiation was about um, that people who wanted to visit, um, and they're called the animal, um, then they had to ensure the headman, Narangita, would say, then this is what you have to agree to. You have to respect the law of our land here on country. You also have to, you can only stay a short while. And the reason for that was then um, they could share what they'd already provided for um, because being seasoned travellers, they travelled by the seasons and where would they would be in, um, at a particular place on country, then that place would already have a provision of food and they knew where to catch other food, but they were happy to share with what they had, which means they would have less, um, but they would then share it. But there was a, a period of time where that food would then run out and they'd have to, to move on. The other thing was that they had to bring in good health and they had to make sure they didn't bring bad spirits. So they had to smoke themselves in there by carrying bark torches um, and for their journey across to Wurundjeri country and then they would have a big celebration. So I have written about that in more detail and, yeah, this this book is, is just the starting point of, of Welcome to Country. Yeah, but it, it seems like a great place for 
for young children to start with yeah. their parents. I, I just felt too that, you know, when you go to someone's house, you knock on the door and you get permission to come in or that you, if you know that person really well, you know, you call out and say, hey, it's me. And that's what I wanted to explain to young people and their parents to get a better understanding of what what we as the First Peoples did by basically by by um, welcoming each other to country. Yeah. yeah. And it's beautifully illustrated by Lisa Kennedy. How did you work with her? I'd have to say it was very easy to work with Lisa. Uh, I've known her, you know, for, for quite a number of years as a beautiful artist and an artist that uh, just as these pictures are drawn in this book, um, she's always done a lot of children's uh, illustrations and the way um, in which we worked, as, and for particularly me as a non-illustrator, um, but Lisa was the one who wanted to do absolutely everything right by my country and that too made it perfect in that she understood what I was trying to do and how I was trying to say that, and also for, you know, children and parents to be able to relate to uh, what the pictures were, and it's incredibly beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I wanted to ask you how important was culture and country to you and your family growing up? I'm very proud to say that I grew up with both Aboriginal parents in a country town in Victoria, and I'm one of 10 uh, children. Wow. Uh, sadly, today, there's only four of us left. Um, and I've been very fortunate to have been able to live in the place where I was born, where my father and my ancestors were born. And still today, uh, my grandchildren uh, have been able to be born there as well. Always had lots of aunties and uncles from my father's side, my father being also one of ten children, the baby of ten. So it meant he, he had older siblings. And, um, yeah, we were able to uh, hear language, learn culture, um, and we grew up with culture every day. And what do you remember about, about learning the Woiwurrung language and how did this connect you to your culture? Um, learning language was really quite simple because it, it was every day, it was just a, a part of your speech. And uh, the sad thing was when you went to school, you weren't able to speak language. And of course, you know, you'd be comforted by that, uh, being able to speak language when you came home from school or other places that you felt unhappy. And of course, at happy times, um, yeah, we would just share that language. Um, and uncles and aunts, uh, not so much my dad, but uncles and aunts would uh, correct you uh, when you were not saying the right word or, um, yeah, not using it in the right way. And what were your favourite stories as a kid? Oh, my goodness. Um, probably just saying, like, my dad um, was very ill when I was five days from turning 14 and uh, I was allowed to stay home from high school. My mum was, you know, always made sure that we got a good education and so did my dad. But in in my dad's last days, I asked him to relieve me with something. Um, he didn't speak in language. He just said, um, 
I'll just tell you once, these are his words. He said, you are who you are, be proud of who you are, but you are no better than anyone else. And I hope that I've lived by his words. So I think it's a beautiful legacy. Um, a lot of the things that we learnt were uh, and talked about and were part of were like throwing of the boomerang, going fishing, um, really about the staple diet of our people, how important it was to look after the food that we were able to eat um, so that anything that we took basically from the land and the waterways, that we'd uh, make sure we used all of that and then we would return the remains to the earth. Now, I wanted to ask you kind of a more political question, I guess. What do you think about, this is a bit of a very big change of tack, but um, what do you think about calls to, to change the date of Australia Day? I mean, it's pretty interesting and inspiring that councils in different states are taking matters into their own hands. What's your view on that? I, for one, um, have always maintained that view. Um, and actually, just recently, I had an occasion to write an essay uh, for the National Gallery of Victoria. And what they're showing in that exhibition clearly illustrates to people who perhaps don't have a picture in their mind, clearly illustrates why this state needs to be not known as Australia Day. Um, we we believe as a, as a community, and I for one believe that 26th of January um, is an important day for other people, but um, it uh, then denies um, our right again as the first people. Um, and we do celebrate our own days during National Aboriginal and Islander Week, um, but we believe, and rightfully so, that we should honour that living, that sustainable living of our people for thousands and thousands of years, caring for this country, for each and every one of us now, and uh, if we continue to look after it then for many generations to come, um, then that we deserve uh, a day of our own as well. Yeah. And the government's rejection of the Uluru Statement seems like a bit of a slap in the face at yep. a time when we could have made leaps and bounds forward. What do you think is the way forward from here? I think it's very typical of the federal government that's in position at the moment, um, and it could be said for other governments uh, that have gone before them. Um, but the sad thing is they took us right to the post and then dumped us, and that they've done that exactly with... Um, so it's false hopes <laughs> again. And and uh, they've also done that uh, with the referendum. Uh, they're saying that there's to be no advisory committee um, and yet they quote time and time again, not only about our issues, but all issues, that they must make uh, an appropriate consultation. And uh, again, they're denying us the rights as the first people of this land. Given, given this injustice, like past and present injustice against Aboriginal people, what keeps you going? Where do you draw strength <sighs> and hope from? It's hard. It's been a long journey. Um, there are times when I give up. Then I remind I remind myself of the journey of not only my father who who enlisted in World War One as a very young man and uh, was rejected, 
like others. And then, of course, when we lost so many soldiers, they they recruited again and accepted my father. But he was told that if anyone ever asked him, he would be an American Negro. Um, he died ten years before. The Australian people gave us a legal right in the 1967 referendum and still today um, we face such an uphill struggle. Um, Some things have changed and this book um, I know has opened many doors and I'm very grateful for that Um, and I just wish that people could accept us for who we are you know, that we're a very proud race of people. Of the 22, 23 million people in Australia, we represent less than 2.5%. We're a very young community. We're very opposite to mainstream. Um, our under-25s represent about 55% of us and our under-14s, um, 40%. So my strength is in the history of our people uh, and we need to honour the struggle by, um, you know, pre-colonisation. And uh, I have a beautiful family that I love dearly and um, I have to keep doing what I can do and hopefully make it a better place for them. Yep, that's my strength. That was Auntie Joy Murphy, Senior Aboriginal Elder of the Wurundjeri people of Melbourne and surrounds. She was speaking with producer Cinnamon Nippard. You can hear Welcome to Country here on Kindling Kids Radio and also in our app. Hi, we're the Beanies. Get your child off screens and into their imagination as we explore how bubbles are made. What's in a sneeze? Achoo! And what's with the weather today? Professor Know-it-all knows... Hello, Beanies. Hello, the The Beanies. A podcast just for kids. Subscribe now on iTunes or listen anytime on the Kindling app. 